It's in Psalms 27 and 13. It's David, David speaking. He says, I would have lost heart. How many of you have been like that lately? How many, come on, be honest. How many has been like that? How many is in their life like that? It might not be right now. It might have been other times where it's, I would have, I would have lost heart. I would have quit. I would have just given up. I certainly would, I, I wouldn't have just kept pressing on. I, I would have called it quits a long time ago unless, unless I had believed. And here's what David said he believed that kept him going when he felt like quitting. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David's saying, I would have quit if I thought this was it. I would have quit if I didn't believe with all my heart that I would still see the goodness of God while I'm alive. Not, not in the sweet by and by, not, not after all this is over, not after I'm buried. Heaven's just not the only thing I'm looking forward to. It's not just the only thing keeping me going. I would have quit a long time ago if I didn't believe God was still going to be good to me today. Come on. If he wasn't still blessing me, if he still wasn't taking care of me, providing for me. In other words, God's not done blessing me. That's what David's saying. But I won't preach last week's message. You can watch last week's if you didn't get it. But I'm going to stay on the same theme. I want to share with you in 1 Samuel chapter 30. This is David. I don't know. This might have been what he was thinking about when he wrote this psalm. Because watch what he's going through right here. In verse 6 it says, Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people is grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David's strength, or David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I love that. Everybody's distressed. David's distressed. But, but David, he doesn't even get out of the verse before he's done, done getting with God. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to, to Abathar the priest, Amalekite's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. 
So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. Pursue. Watch what God's saying. I feel this is for someone today. Pursue. For you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. That means you have some things taken from you. Come on. Without fail, you'll recover all. You know, we, I know whenever I'm saying God's not done blessing you, that's easy to buy that. Unless you're in the middle of it. Because when you're in the middle of the fight, when you're in the middle of the battle, when you're in the middle of it all, sometimes it's hard to believe that God still got his best ahead of you. That he's still got good things in store for you. So I want to encourage somebody that's in the middle of the fight this morning. Before you're seated, will you just tell them, because this is what we were doing, we were battling a while ago. Will you just tell them you're in the middle of it, but just tell them this. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. You let them know that. Well, you can sing it if you want to. This is how I fight my battles. Not really. No, I'll, I'll, I'm going to preach. But you can be seeing this. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm Man. If y'all would have sung with me just a little bit, I would have. We've got my, I we've got a re jam on right then. Just this is how I fight my battles. I guess I'm not singing it. <laughs> Just get to this is how I preach. How about that? You know, if you don't understand what's going on at this moment, it's hard to grasp what David's going through. Here he is, and he's he's fleed from Saul, who's tried to kill him, who's after him. Saul has already thrown spears at him. He's already planned his assassination of David. He's already chased after him where he's hiding in caves. And David has done something that, that you can kind of look back and think that seems odd that he would do that. David has hid and fled and is hiding in Philistine country at this moment. In fact, he is they're all in Ziglag because the king of Gath, which is a, in the Philistine 
land, Goliath was from Gath. Just so you know, I mean, that's right in the middle of how David got the king of Gath to accept him and think that they think that he's on his side, I'll never know. When, when David has killed their most famous warrior in that region, in that area. But David has found favor with the king of Gath while he fleed and and the king of Gath has given him this area, this, this city of Ziglag, and David's men are doing something, uh, it's, it's, it, it's crazy. They are, they are going daily on raids and raiding and killing the Amalekites who are Philistines. They're going and killing them. And, and it's saying, it says that they, they didn't let anybody survive. So that nobody would go back and tell the king. So he's he's raiding the the Amalekites, these six hundred men strong with David, uh, and they're going back to the king of Gath, and they're and the king of Gath saying, "What'd you do today?" And David saying, "Oh, we went and we attacked those Israelites because I'm mad at Saul." And the king of Gath thinking, "Oh, this is my man David," when really he's killing Amalekites. Now, he's gone to a battle where the Philistines are facing off against the Israelites. And David's on the side of the Philistines, even though he's not planning on fighting the Israelites. His plan is to come from behind and kill some Philistines some more. But the Philistines are thinking, I don't know if we can trust this guy and his 600 men. So they send him home back to Ziglag while they face a battle. And while David and his 600 men are returning back to Ziglag to their home, from the battlefield, as they're on their way back from a far distance, they begin to see something that doesn't look right. Smoke. Homes on fire, land burning, and David and his men, the 600 strong, run to Ziglag, to their homes, to their houses as fast as they can, and what they find is that all the women and all the children are gone, David's Two wives, we don't do that now, but he did. David's two wives, his children, the 600 men, their wives, their children, are all gone, and their homes and everything they have has been destroyed by the Amalekites while the men are gone at a battle. David and his men break down. This is what's happening. They're distressed. In, in, in fact, verse, verse 4 puts how heartbroken they were. Verse 4 says, says that, that they wept and until they had no more power left to weep. Have you ever been there? 
just can't. And I've wept over this so much I can't weep anymore. Can I, can I put it in, because can I put it in just normal where we are language? To where you can relate a little bit? Have you ever worked in one area of your life and saw win in your life? Because David's winning. Him and his 600 men, they're not losing any battles. Nobody goes up against him. Every battle they face, they're winning. But at the same time, while David's winning, at home he's losing, and he didn't even realize it. Have you ever... In your life, had places of victory, and at the same time, at the same time, great loss happened. In other words, have you ever, maybe you've been winning at your career and going up the ladder, but at the same time, my marriage is falling apart at home. Am, am I talking to someone? Maybe they're just online. Maybe they're just 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 on. Maybe it's for y'all. I'm winning. A, this area seems to be going so good, and all my focus has been there, and I've and I don't realize that at the same time that this is happening. A, my kids are falling away. My family's falling apart. My home is being neglected because my focus has been here, so my loss has been here, but I've been winning here, but at the same time, I've been losing here, and I didn't realize I was losing because I was so focused on my winning. Are you following me what... And David's facing victory and victory and victory and battle and battle and raiding Amalekites and killing Amalekites. But what he didn't realize was at the same time, because he has left his home and neglected his home, the Amalekites have snuck in and they've robbed him of his children. They've robbed him of his family. They've robbed him of his home. They've robbed him of everything at the same time that he's winning here. And sometimes, if you've ever lived life long enough, you will experience in your life moments that I am seeing victories over here, but it's costing me greatly over here. And what I thought mattered the most here, I realized once I see it all gone here, that this is what really mattered. And now I don't know what to do, and I don't know how to get it back. And I've worked hard here, but I've lost it here. And there's this battle in between at this moment. And if we're not careful, we can get so focused in this area and what matters most that we don't see even happening because our attention is somewhere else is that we've lost our home and our family's hurting and our family's broken and this is gone 
And the 600 men finally realized this is what mattered most. David realized this is the this is what mattered more than anything. And it's gone. And they're distressed. And David's crying so much that he can't cry even anymore. There's no more power left in him to cry. And they're weeping. And they're distraught. And now David's men are, are blaming David because when you're in a point of loss in your life, you've got to blame somebody. It can't be my fault that my home life is bad. It's got to be, it must have been God. God did this to me. This person did this to me. This thing did that to me. And the men are blaming somebody and so they've got to blame David since he's the one in charge and he becomes the target. They're going to take his life. They're going to stone him. Why? It's not going to bring their kids back. It's not going to bring their wives back, but, but I want revenge when I'm hurting. Come on, is anybody else? I mean, we get ourselves in trouble, don't we? When we go after somebody else saying, now make me feel better. I want revenge. But, but I love what David does. So, so for anybody that's in the middle of this, maybe you're there where it's that, I'm seeing this happening in my life and it's good, but man, I want to ignore this because it's falling apart. And maybe that's your battle. Let, let, me, let me give you some things that David did that I love. Three things that will just, just help you. One, one is it says that David, and, and I want you to get this, for one, hold on. It said David, David did something. It said that while he was distressed, while he was distraught, didn't know what to do, the men are wanting to kill him. It says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. Boy, that's big right there. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Or King James Version, if you want to get old school. I know I put New King James, but that's sort of old school. Old school King James, it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. He, he did it. He encouraged. Why, why am I, come on somebody, get this. Don't wait for somebody else to encourage you. You feel down? Encourage yourself. Build yourself back up. Sometimes you're not going to, there's going to be moments in your life that you're so down that you won't find anybody around to build you up. And it's going to be up to you. David said, look, I'm not going to look for somebody else to strengthen me. I'm not going to look for somebody else to build me up. If I look for somebody else, all I would find is somebody wanting to bury me farther. I'm not going to look, I'm going to build myself up right now. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I'm going to get along with God. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to, I'm going to get my inside right before I ever worry about my outside circumstances. Man, let me just you're the only one amen me right now. 
We don't even get it right now. And since I can't go down there, turn it to where I want it. Encourage myself right now while I preach. Strengthen myself right now while I, come on now. He said, he said, I've got to get better on the inside before I can ever worry about fixing my outside circumstances. We go opposite, don't we? All we care about is our outside. I want this fixed. I want that fixed. I want this taken care of. And God, God says, look, I, I would love to fix this in your life, but I can't fix it if it's the same you on the inside because you wouldn't ever receive it. You would mess it up. So you've got to get your inside right before I can ever deal with the outside circumstances. In other words, if I gave you a new job because you're thinking that's what's wrong, that's what's wrong in my life. If I just had another job, if I just had different friends, if I just had this in my life or that in my life, if I just had a different church to go to, somebody that just doesn't yell at me all the time, if I just had, if I just had, if you had that, you would be miserable in just a little bit if the inside's not right. You could go to another church and it would take just a little bit before that church is the wrong church in your life. And you've got to find something else to try. Because you're always looking for something else to fix what's really hurting on the inside that you don't even want to deal with. You would be miserable at the new job. You would be miserable at the new people. You would mess up what God was wanting to fix. And if he restored it right now in your life, you wouldn't even know what to do with it. It would just be taken away from you again. If you don't get the inside. Right. So David, notice, he doesn't go and say, I'm going to pursue them. I'm mad. They've stolen everything. Let's get my 600 men and let's go fight. No, first he says, I'm hurting, I'm broken at this moment, and before I can even think about getting it back, I've got to get this back. My heart right, my life right, so that I can receive what God has for me. In other words, quit blaming everybody else for what's wrong in your life and strengthen yourself in God. social distancing but you can feel a man we can get words out here I was surprised when I looked up that Hebrew word strengthen I was surprised because that Hebrew word which I'm not going to dare pronounce because I would probably mess that up so bad that I would say cuss words in Hebrew and offend somebody. But that Hebrew word, it's used so much, it's, that's, used, that, that's translated right here in this verse, strengthened. It's used so much in the Bible. Other times in the Bible, it's used as, as, as encouraged or courageous 
or hold fast or hold on, hold to. So, so another way of saying it is David, when he strengthened himself in the Lord, he held on to the Lord at this moment. He held fast. Can, can I tell you, there's some things in your life, if you're going to get that inside right, inside fixed, so that God can, can, can restore some things in your life, you've got to learn to hold on to a few things. One, one is you've got to learn to hold on to God. It, it said David, David went right to God at this moment. That he strengthened himself in other words, he got alone with God. When it says he strengthened himself in the Lord, he got alone with God. Just him and God. Everything else has fallen apart around him, but instead David decided, I'm going to grab hold of God, I'm going to hold on to him, and I'm just going to wait on a word from God about what to do next. I'm not moving from this place unless, God, you tell me to move. I've, I've, learned, I've learned that I've got to learn to grab hold of God in times of my life. I, I mean, get a hold of Him. I mean, I mean, like Jacob, when he's wrestling with God, and God's saying, just let me go for crying out loud. We've been wrestling all night and nothing's changed. Let me go. And Jacob at this moment saying, I will not let you go until what? Until you bless me. Because I'm hurting right now. I'm broken right now. And we've got to get into a place. You've got to learn that when you're encouraging yourself in the Lord, when you're strengthening yourself in the Lord, it is saying, I'm holding on to God. I'm not letting go until God does something in my life that changes me. See, as a pastor, I've watched so many times of people that when they get in circumstances like this in their life, where they come home and it hits their home and that's what's broken and that's what's hurting and that's where the loss is. And you watch them thriving in other areas, but this area is falling apart. They, they either do one or two things. Some blame God, let go of him, and you watch as their life crumbles. I've watched people's lives that their marriages fell apart that I never would have thought they would have, that their marriage would have went because they let go. But then I've watched others that went through horrible things and I was thinking that there's no way they'll make this out of this right. But something in them got a hold of God uh, and I watched as God did something amazing in their life and restored something. There's a, when you learn to hold on to Him, at this moment in your life, you've got something to do. You can either hold on or you can let go. I'm telling you, if you want to recover, you better hold on. You are quiet on me now. Maybe online's amen. 
let me let me go to something else here. Let me go to another one that you gotta learn to hold on to because you see this here. Hold on to the community. It's easy to let go of everybody else around you whenever you're going through something, but you better learn to hold on tight to people around you. And when I say hold on to the community, I'm not talking about everybody in your life. Did y'all get that? I'm not talking about I've got to I've got to let everybody I know know what's going on with me, and I'm and that's my no no David David if you notice he's not holding tight to the 600 men at this moment in his life. That's not the community that he's hanging around. Why wow, that community's wanting to stone him. That community said, said, hey, it's your fault. I'm blaming you. I'm going to kill you. No, David goes to the priest. That's the community right now that David's saying, this is my community that I'm going to hold on to. These are the ones uh, who will give me some comfort. These are the ones who will, who will strengthen me. Here's, these are the ones that will tell me something to do. You've got to learn to get locked in, uh, not with everybody, but you better get locked in with a few people in your life that you can count on. I mean, you better learn right now at this moment. You better learn to find a few people. It's not everybody. And listen, if there's somebody in your life that is mad at you because you won't share the info, that's probably not who you need to hold on to. That's not your community right now. That's just somebody that wants to talk about you behind your back. said, look, I'm, you, better, you better get some godly people in your life that will be honest with you. That, that won't just tell you what you want to hear, but tell you what you need to hear. Some godly people that you count on. Some godly people that you trust. David didn't get with his 600 men he fought with. He got with the priests that he, that he knew he could count on at this moment. got to learn to be careful if if you're around people only that are there for you when you're winning but non-existent or blaming you when you go through something you got to get a new community come on don't, don't just look at me are you getting this some, some of you got to learn I I've got to get new friends in. You better get new friends. If the people that are around you are just there for you when it benefits them, but AWOL in your life when you need them, you better get new community. And we, we hit on this last week with Job. Job's three friends wasn't the good community he needed at that moment. Those were three guys who were right with him when he's winning. And 
and blaming him that it's all his fault when he's down at that moment. That's not the community you need. You better find some godly community, some godly people that that you can count on, that you can that you can hold on to. Let, let me give you another one. You hold on to your future. At this point in your life, I mean, when you're going through something, I, this is how you fight your battles. Some things to hold on to your future. I'm 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 amazed when I when I read this story just because I know the time period. I'm amazed that they the Amalekites took the women and children and didn't kill the women and children. I'm I'm really I'm I'm surprised because this was a brutal time period. And and the thing to do if you conquer an area, you kill everybody. You, you you destroy the women and the children. Why? You're destroying the next generation. You're destroying the future. You're, you're destroying what's, what's coming. They would kill everybody, except usually they wouldn't kill the king. They would let him live because he was kind of their trophy. But they killed women and children. So I'm surprised when I read this that that the women and children weren't killed. That the future wasn't killed. You know, Scripture says the enemy, Satan. Will y'all get mad if I come down just a little bit? Front row, are y'all okay? I won't spit past y'all. coming right to you, man. It says Satan comes to do three things. Steal, kill, destroy. Right? Now, you stay with me here. I think we have allowed Satan to steal from us and be content with it because he didn't kill us or destroy us yet. Y'all, y'all getting me? I, I'm afraid as Christians, look, the, I'm surprised the enemy didn't kill. They stole the women and children, but they didn't kill and destroy them. And I'm afraid as as Christians, we have learned to be content with the fact that all the enemy did was steal. And he didn't kill and destroy. All he did was steal. And we just kind of put it as a trophy that, that well, well, I made it. He hasn't. Come on, look, I've seen people testify. Oh, the devil's been fighting me, but he I'm still kicking. He hasn't killed me yet. He hasn't destroyed me yet. No, but he's robbed your future. And you've been okay with it. You've adjusted just fine. 
He's stolen some dreams from you. He's stolen some purpose from you. He's stolen. He's sneaky in this. He'll take this. And we learn, well, I'm still living. So I guess it's okay. We've learned to be content with just the fact that all he did was steal from me. But I'm still living. He hasn't killed me. He hasn't destroyed me. But he takes a little bit at a time. And a little bit at a time. And before you know it, if you're not careful, you'll look back it's not something that happens fast it starts off with just stealing my joy and stealing my peace and stealing my love and stealing my trust and stealing my security and before you know it I'm done gone destroyed killed and I didn't even realize it because I was content when it was just a little bit taken from me and I survived it and I think I can play around with it. I'm tired of watching Christians that don't even realize that the enemy done stole it. Here's, here's how you know. Come on. Here's how you know. Dreams are stolen. The future has been stolen. When you hear things like, It'll never be as good as it was back in the good old days. I wish we could have church like we used to have. Back in the good old days. Oh, I remember when. And I get it. We, we become emotional to our past there's an attachment there we're emotional to our past because it happened it meant something and we let our future go in other words in other words when we're saying i wish it was back like it used to be you're pretty much saying i've given up on what it could be My blessings are behind me. The best is behind me. Once you're going in that kind of language, you're saying, my best isn't ahead of me. I'm not even looking in that direction. Oh, I wish it was like. And my future's been stolen, so we gravitate to what we used to have. Oh, I better get back up here. Y'all are giving me mean looks. Y'all might start coughing on me when I walk by. Mean looks. And we become emotional and we hold on to our, we have learned to hold on to our past when we should be holding on to our future. When instead, the old devil took that just content with it. At least he didn't kill me. At least I still have my health. Uh-oh. I remember when I used to have my health. Good old days. Just a, and a little bit, and a little bit, and we're content with this, living and by the end you have
of Christians who are just breathing with no purpose. Surviving. Theme song of a Christian, I will survive. Staying alive. But my future's gone. We can, we can hold on, hold on to the future. Never dream again. What, whatever God's given you before, dream again. Get that passion again. Loneliness on Christ says it's locked. David does something else. After he strengthened himself, it, it said in verse 7 that, that he told them, he instructed them, he said, bring me the ephod. And he went to the priest. Bring me the ephod. Now, now what you might not realize, there's, there's two ephods. There are priestly garments. There are two ephods back in the Old Testament. There was the ephod that was just for the high priest. It's that, that breastplate he would wear as he would go in and it had the jewels of, of Israel, the 12 stones that each represent a tribe and at the back of the ephod would be the Urim and Thummim that, that they would use to base decisions off of concerning Israel and then there was an ephod that every priest had that was just a linen cloth. When David was dancing around in 2 Samuel 6 when he comes into Jerusalem Dancing like a fool is what his wife's describing it as he's coming in, uh, leading the Ark of the Covenant out, and, and, and he's just dancing around, and she's mad about it because she's saying, look, oh, dancing around, you know, just, just without your garments on. He was wearing an ephod. He was wearing the priestly ephod. It wasn't that he didn't have garments on. It's he didn't have his kingly garments on. He had on priestly garments. And she wasn't happy about that. And he's saying, look, I'll be way more undignified than this later. I'll, I'll dance even, even more. But at that point, he had an ephod on. At this point in his life, and he's broken, and he's needing a decision from God, and he's strengthening himself, he's going to get alone with God. He gets to the priest, the high priest at that moment, and he says, bring me the ephod. I would have thought, this, this is me, because the priest also had Goliath's sword. I would have thought David would have, bring me Goliath's sword. I'm ready to go fight and get back what I have. Bring, bring me that. But, but no, he says, bring me the ephod. Bring me the thing. In other words, I'm going to get with God and what I do next will be based off of what God leads me to do. I'm not basing my decisions on my own. 
can I just help you out? A good phrase to learn because this is really what's happening. Before you make big decisions, here's this one thing. I'll pray about it. How many, how many mistakes have you made that you wish you would have said, I'll pray about that. And I'll get a peace from God before I move on. I'll get a peace from God before I make a decision on this matter. I'll get a peace about it before. Instead of, we want to pray. David, at this moment, he's wanting to go fight. He's wanting to get He's wanting to chase after. There's something in him. He's lost it, and he's wanting to recover it back. But he's saying, before I go, I'm not moving until my God tells me to move. If he's not with me in this, I'll just let it be. I'm getting alone with God. I'm praying about it. I'm getting a peace about it. Remember, it's the Urim and Thamima that was in there. That was the thing that they used to base decisions with the ephod. Now, we don't have a Urim and Thamima anymore, but we do have the peace of God on our hearts, and I can pray about it, and I can say, I'm not moving on this. I'm not moving on this unless I have a peace to go unless I have a peace that God is in this that's what I'm you've got to learn to pray about some stuff don't just say I'm going to pray about it it's I'm not making a decision until I prayed and I've learned something God doesn't rush it. We do at that moment because we're in a hurry. We want to know. We want to know. We want to go. God doesn't rush it. If there's something in your spirit that's, I've got to go do it now, do it now, that's not God. There's no peace. That's, that's not God. So I've got to pray about it. I've got to get alone with God. So I'm going to hold on to Him. I'm going to make my decisions off of Him. I'm going to pray about it. And then let me, let me do this last one. You can stand with me so I'll, I'll promise I will finish faster if you're standing. I feel bad for So after you've got alone with God and you've prayed about it, here, here's the next we see. And this is, this is God telling David, recover all. Recover it. Re recover it. Notice, notice, put that, will you put that last verse back up? That, that verse 8. Because David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? God answers him, Pursue. For surely, you shall surely overtake them and without fail, recover it all. Get it all back. Re recover it all. David doesn't ask 
will I recover it all? Notice, he, he didn't. He didn't ask that. David didn't say, God, shall I recover it all? David just said, shall I pursue it? And so many times we want to define what will happen in our lives when really we should just pursue it and let God define it. In other words, I'll pursue it, but I'm going to let God define what the outcome is. I don't know what your recovery will look like. We can get so stuck in our heads of what the recovery will look like that we miss it when it happens. Or that we fail to get it all. That we get satisfied with a little bit of recovery and then we quit pursuing because I then define what my victory would look like and instead I've learned, I've got to just learn to define just pursue and let God define uh, what the outcome will be. I can't define the outcome. I don't know the outcome. The problem is when I try and define it, I miss out because I don't think as big as God. And I stop short of stuff that God still has in front of me. Because it's just, well, this will do. I pursued, and I got that, and I get a little bit more, and I'll take this back, and this is all. Oh, look, look, the enemy stole all this from me, but at least I got this back. When God's saying, there was more to pursue. You pursue. I'll define what it looks like. You pursue. Quit asking God God, do this and this and this. Just ask God, look, God, I will follow you. Do you want me to go forward in this or not? I'm not going to try and define what it's all going to look like, what the outcome will be. I'm not going to try and even picture it. Just, God, I'll pursue. If you want me to pursue it, I'll pursue it. But I'm going to let you define everything. and I recover all everything not a little bit everything he's got for me well will you bow your heads because I just feel God there's some of you that you have lost It might be like David. It might be that you've won in this area, but your family's been lost. You've won here, but you've got relationships that that are broken. You've won here, but this area's hurting. wants to do something great in you. Those areas in your life that you have just pretty much thought 
God's done blessing me here. God still wants to bless you. He wants to give it back to you. And if that's you, just listen. We just acknowledge and receive what God has for you. We just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I've I've lost some things. I've given up on some. There's some there's some hands. Some more. Some more. Hey, you you've been trying to do some things on your own. You haven't even been asking God about it. You've been working hard. But now I'm just going to ask God. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to let him define. If that's you, will you do something? I want you to just declare something over your life. I want you to declare this. I want you to just... I want you to say it out loud. Declare this, that God is restoring. I'm recovering, and the best is yet to come. Come on, come on, say it like you mean it. You've got got to realize that. God is restoring. I am recovering, And the best is yet to come. He's not done. He's not done blessing you. Come on. Come on. Say it like you mean it. The more you say it, the more it comes. It resonates. You tell him. Say, God is restoring. I am recovering. And the best is yet to come. Come on. Say it like you mean it this time. Come on. You know it now. God is restoring. I am recovering. And the best, come on, and the best is yet to come. Come on now, let's raise your hand across this place and receive right now the blessings God has for you.
if you catch a thief, he has to pay you back seven times. you blaming this person or that person or God because he knows if you realize it's him and you pursue he's got to give back more if you watch David and his men they catch up they recover everything some they, they got a little spoils on top of it they got a little extra because when God blesses he just doesn't restore he restores with some and he's not done blessing his people done blessing you he's got some more for you hey we're gonna we're gonna give of our tithes and our offerings and because right now the circumstances how they are the ushers won't pass around a, a bucket or a, anything when you walk outside the tables right outside the doors there'll be a basket there you can drop in your offering there your ties there or you can give online you can pull out your smartphone you can text you can text that that number 1802013 i'm sure you've got it memorized by now it's so easy you can text that number to the number below and they'll send you a link then of how you can give, you just press that so, and it'll take you right to, you can give online that way. Hey, but I appreciate your faithfulness in giving to God. And because you're been faithful in giving to him God has been faithful in blessing you in this amen how many is blessed how many how many it's not just I was blessed but I still am being blessed because God takes care of his people and I want to declare a blessing over you as you give to him I proclaim this over you as a tithing Christian the blessings of our faithful and loving Heavenly Father. As a tither, you're not limited to the ups and downs of the economy of this world system because the scriptures declare that the blessings of Abraham are upon us and have made us to prosper in all situations, whether they're favorable 
or unfavorable. So as the heavens open over this church, this congregation, I speak this blessing over you. I call forth jobs for the unemployed, meaningful jobs with good pay and benefits, things that have been held up in the court, such as your inheritance, godly settlements, and other legal matters be settled in Jesus' name so you may have what is rightfully yours without any further delay. Those of you here in your living as entrepreneurs or those who work in sales and commissions, I speak that God's favor be upon you so that deals and opportunities to excel will come your way. I call forth raises and bonuses to those who need them. I speak that you find money unexpectedly and that unexpected checks come in the mail right out of nowhere as a gift from heaven just for you. I speak the word increase over you. I speak abundance to overtake you. Such abundance that you miraculously come out of debt. So that the stress of those debts will release your minds uh, and that God's peace will return to you quickly. I now release God's blessings to go forth for you and your family because this is your covenant blessing. I bless you this morning in Jesus' holy name. And if you receive it, come on, we say amen glory now remember they're not coming so you got to give give right after let me let you know of some things happening i know right now we're only able to meet on sunday mornings but we've still got things for you you've just got to be a little bit more intentional about it our our youth have zoom meetings on on wednesday nights seven o'clock our kids our, our Kids Rock has a service that you can catch on Facebook or YouTube that comes out Wednesday, 7 o'clock. You can worship with your kids. You can dance around with them. You can go through that, and then they can get, they can get a message just for them. Our, we, we've got, our ladies have been doing Zoom meetings on Wednesday nights. The last one of Jonah is coming up this Wednesday. And if you haven't been a part of it, then, then you can't, right? No, you still could. You could still watch Jonah and then get on there with the ladies at the Zoom and just enjoy the, the discussions and the, the, the devotion part of it. So, so be intentional about it. Men, it's taken us a little bit longer because we didn't know if y'all knew your way around a computer yet. But your wives have got it figured out now, so now they can help you. And men, we're going to start a Zoom meeting. Not this Tuesday, but the next. We're going to kick it off. So it'll be June 1st, starting, no, June 2nd. June 2nd, we'll be starting off our men's Zoom meeting. See Brother Jody East. You can't really talk to him too much because you've got to stay six feet away from him. So we put his phone number up there. You can call him. You can message him. He'll give you more info about it. But be intentional. Be intentional, all right? Next week, we're honoring our graduates. And under at the bottom, it says in red type that nobody can read who our graduates are. Wow. Just like that. Isn't that like Jesus? 
we've got Josiah Phillips. Come on, he's here in the house. You can give it up. He's, he doesn't get embarrassed at all. This homeschooling thing didn't scare him one bit. He's done it his whole life. The last few months wasn't a problem for him. He's graduating. We got Michaela Bruns is graduating. Emily and Michael Flynn are graduating. So we're going to be honoring them next week. We can't have a big party like we normally do. But if you come, you get a cupcake on your way out. Hey. Yes. And there will be some with whipped icing. Right? And then there'll be some like Josiah likes because he complained. We'll have some bags. You can drop in some cards for them. Amen, Josiah. Come on, give an amen on that. There's good stuff in cards bags that you can drop in things for them as we just honor them and we love y'all be intentional grow from home be intentional grow from home right now encourage yourself strengthen yourself don't let somebody else do it don't wait for them you do it we'll be back next sunday all right let's do it the same way we'll turn around look at the people